This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. Hey, WordPress fans, this portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by LiquidWeb. It's not if, but when you need improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support. LiquidWeb is the partner you turn to. It's no secret that LiquidWeb has been known as a web hosting company with a ton of plans to choose from, but they've also engineered a new managed WordPress offering perfect for mission-critical websites. And here's two bonuses. Number one, every managed WordPress customer includes iThemes Sync integration, perfect for freelancers and agencies who need single-click WordPress management capabilities. And number two, if you sign up today using this discount code, MATREPORT33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com slash WordPress to get started. That's liquidweb.com slash WordPress and use the code MATREPORT33 to save 33% for the next six months. Season five, episode number four with Devinder Singh Kaint of ProBeaver.com, a prominent figure in the Beaver Builder uh, Facebook group. A lot of folks recommended that I get him on the show. And I'll be honest, this is the very first time he and I had uh, had a real conversation aside from some emails back and forth. He started off a little coy, but two minutes in, this became my fav- one of my favorite episodes across all episodes of The Matt Report. I'll tell you, there's there's just so much good stuff in here. If you're a content marketer, if you're a product maker, if you're a freelancer uh, working with clients, if you're a white label freelancer working for agencies, and we talk about that too, that's a part of his, uh, the biggest part of his business and his revenue comes from these sort of white label services for agencies. We talk about uh, positioning yourself and your pricing so you're not just a bottom dollar uh, freelancer. He gets a lot of work uh, from you know places like Odesk and things like that. It's just a, it's such a great conversation. Listening back to it during my editing, uh, I just took away so many uh, great items, wrote down some notes. It's it's good stuff. MattReport.com slash subscribe. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into the show. This portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by Beaver Builder. When you need a page builder that works effortlessly with your WordPress projects, doesn't get in the way of your team, and is a joy to use, you need Beaver Builder. Their team of passionate developers and designers have worked tirelessly to create a builder plugin that gives your WordPress website a big, comfy hug, not leaving it out in the cold. With an all-new version, including their 2.0 build plus themer capabilities just around the corner, Beaver Builder is leading the pack of page builder plugins in the WordPress space. So whether or not you need to just build a simple landing page or drag and drop the entire layout of your next marketing website project, Beaver Builder is the plugin for you. Check out their website, wpbeaverbuilder.com. That's WP, like WordPress, beaverbuilder.com.
Hey, Devinder, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. You do a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and I see you um, poking around the uh, Beaver Builder Facebook group. And actually, Robbie had sort of uh, dropped your name to say, you know, here's a guy that's doing, you know, all sorts of things from client services to products to educational material. Um, and he's just really helping out in the Facebook group. I think he might be somebody that uh, is a good value to talk to. So for folks who don't know who you are, uh, who are you? And what do you do? Yeah, I bump into a lot of corners in the online world. As far as a work is concerned, I do actually do a lot of things. I do client work, web design and development. I also do agency work. Besides that, there are a few digital products that I sell and the latest project on a niche WordPress product is like probeaver.com, which is based on the Beaver Builder plugin. As far as history goes, I started as a technology blogger almost 10 years ago and then transitioned into web design and development. So I've been there in the Genesis ecosystem for almost four or five years and now slowly also adopting the Beaver Builder ecosystem. We were sort of chatting beforehand and kind of getting, I was getting a feel for um, you know, the work that you do. And you know, obviously, just so people know, this is the first time we've sort of met. We've had some email back and forth just to get the show going. But I am super curious to dive into um, the stuff that you do. And here's one thing that I am always uh, really curious about is sort of, you know, you mentioned that a, a good portion of your revenue comes from being the sort of back-end developer or the white label developer for a couple of agencies how do you find agencies? How do or how do agencies find you? How does that work uh, in your world? Do you sort of knock on agency doors and say, "Hey, I'm the guy that can do stuff for you, and I won't put any branding on it," or do they come to you, um, you know, through some maybe marketing channels that you have? How does that work in your world? Well, surprisingly, I have never approached any agency to hire me. Actually, when I was doing the blog uh, blogging part like almost like six, seven years ago, I made a conscious decision like blogging, you know, you can only do for a certain period of time. And after that, the boredom kicks in. So I went into... <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. Totally understand that. And while I was blogging, I was designing. I was pretty good at Photoshop and I was designing and customizing my own themes. I was using revolution themes from Brian Gardner and then transitioned into Genesis as and when it was launched like few years ago and at that time actually I was also you know struggling to find the foothold like I used to read a lot of articles like how to you know get clients and all that this is a very popular topic among blogs you know get clients make x amount of dollars in one day etc etc so what I did like majority of people would advise you go to the marketplaces I started on freelancer.com and Odesk, which is now called Upwork, and all those agencies that I work today, actually, I got the first contact on these platforms. So, 
And it's, do you do you still recommend? So if somebody's listening to this and maybe they're in your shoes and they're saying, "Boy, how do I how do I get my feet wet with getting my first clients, or how do I find a first handful of clients?" Because I'm just starting out. Do you still recommend those channels, like going to to Odesk and and um, you know that sort of that sort of uh, like hiring platform? Absolutely, uh, Odesk thumbs up. But freelancer, you will find a lot of you know cheap stuff being posted and a lot of spam stuff being posted so i would advise to avoid freelancer.com but definitely ors yes you need to be careful about you know which project you're bidding and which task you're bidding you should be at least mini minimal qualified to you know do that work and you can even try fiverr if you are not if a person who is looking to find a work is not competent enough to you know do the full hog in the web development like doing small bits and pieces like doing voiceovers making vector graphics and all that this is just a start it's just you know the real business comes from communication and networking not from your portfolio sites yeah i mean that's so true um so we were talking before the show and we had, you know, we chatted about like, are, are we going to have some surprise questions? And <laughs> so one of the questions that, that I have and, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, uh, you know, I, I, when I, when I present this question, I don't want to sort of insult you or sort of, uh, you know, make you feel bad. But mm-hmm. a lot of folks that I listen to in the podcasting world, like internet marketers and, and non-technical people who are sort of building, you know, WordPress plugins, but they don't know anything about code, right? They don't know anything about WordPress, but they're out there building these software platforms for people and they're just selling it. And when I listen to their advice, they're always saying, well, I'm just going to go to Odesk and hire the cheapest person I can get. And, you know, they're always about sort of outsourcing for the lowest bottom dollar. How do you combat that um, in your world? Do you have a sort of, um, you know, like this onboarding, uh, you know, material that maybe you reverse onto the client, like to find out if they're just looking for the cheapest, you know, price, how do you combat that in your world of, of getting these outsourcing deals? You know, there's a very popular saying, cheap can be expensive in the long run. You got to explain this to everyone, you know, you deal with, and it's all about building relationship one after the other project. Obviously, you are not going to start with $5,000 project. It's always the $1,000, even $500 project. So it it all boils down to the value that you give to the client. Here, the client being the middleman, the people who run their design studios and design agencies, but they don't have the technical jobs to do and deliver the projects. So, so you just can't say like, if, for example, I'm working for say I'm doing development for $2,000 and that's a simple website and next day uh, a next project that the same person brings in for me is an e-commerce site it's my obligation that I shouldn't do it for $2,000 because it's an e-commerce site the whole you know the quote level or the estimate level changes but then there's a trust factor and you know you have to have the that move you know the room for flexibility when you're working with the middleman so i guess it's all about being flexible and i'm sure that's not a surprising answer but right that's how it is well yeah no i mean but it, it's 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 surprising because it's it's sort of good to it's just 
you know, it's it's good to hear that that you that you are taking those steps to, uh, to you know, to build a community. And that is not to say that people who simply do business on Odesk are are looking to do you know cheap, fast, and and get work done and sort of make like this you know factory of of code that they're pushing out. Because uh, there are a lot of agencies here in the U.S. that do that, <laughs> and they are uh, and they're not on um, you know the the world of Odesk. You know, and the other surprising thing is, do you get a sense of that type of cheap customer that might be coming to you through one of those channels? And maybe you're not doing that work, uh, or maybe you're not getting those leads anymore on Odesk because you've sort of elevated yourself and you've elevated your portfolio. But back in the day when you were getting those, I mean, again, I, I listen to this advice from people and they say things like, you know, put out 20 projects to you know, to the lowest bidder and, and, and get them to do the work. Like, do you, can you see that stuff coming at you from a distance and being like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to deal with this person and I'm just going to reject it. Uh, do you see that in your, in your world? Yes. That's a normal phenomenon. If you're, you know, uh, on the ODS platform, you will be bombarded with, you know, cheap proposals. So I, I'm, I'm not saying you should use ODS as your permanent stay to get clients. You should use it as a stepping stone to network with people, network with people who will give you regular work. I would suggest, you know, avoiding those people who are actually getting you to build their own website because that would be a one-off project and you will be like exploited to an extent in that project. But if you are dealing with them and you tell me like, like you just said that a lot of agencies in US or even other countries don't actually come to ODEX but that's not true they actually come to ODEX for phishing for, to get the right kind of you know developers and all that and even the agencies I first con made a contact on ODES, they no longer post their projects on ODES because I am on their team as a regular so it saves their time you know and time is money yeah yeah no I mean it's um it's just I'm, I'm glad I could finally talk to somebody that has experience uh, with that platform, but not only experience, but, you know, sort of knows how to perform well with it. Um, I mean, because I will tell you that, I mean, a few years ago, I have, you know, I, I listened to these other folks and they, they talk about growing their agencies and what happens when you get more work in and all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a pinch to get some projects delivered. I mean, I've turned to Odesk before and I have had no results from any of the projects. And it could be the way that maybe, again, and maybe you can tell me um, the trick here, but maybe it was the way I presented the work. But man, I put together highly detailed, you know, uh, uh, documents that say, here's exactly what we're looking for. I mean, I have an in-house development team, so they even wireframe some of this stuff and it's all presented well. And then like the people that look at it, they're, you know, I've tried to engage in a project from them and they just don't get it right at all. Uh, it's totally wrong. Uh, there's lack of communication and it just goes down the drain pretty fast with some of the experiences that I've had. Yeah, actually, previously, the whole thing was a little vague for a person who is posting the project and people who were bidding for the project. Now they have actually improved on it. I haven't actually logged into my ODS account for almost a year now, but ever since I left it, I think they introduced two, you know, three stages. Like first you can hire at a cheap uh, price with less experience or one step higher price with moderate experience or the third was like paying the premium price for the most experienced person. So, and they have actually started categorizing things 
and recently i think almost like 2 years ago up ores uh, upwork and elance both got merged into upwork so there's a bigger pool of you know people who are highly qualified to do and deliver projects so yeah i mean maybe it's time i take a look at it again <laughs> i mean yeah uh, no harm trying uh, again yeah uh awesome i i want to now shift gears to the the digital products and the content that you produce. Um, but before you do that, uh, before we get into that, I want to know how you sort of set your your day uh, or your week or your month on managing, you know, client work that you do with the agencies and then producing all of the sort of content and digital products. Like, how do you schedule that in? How do you balance that? Because that's something that I do and I am constantly trying to figure out a good way to sort of manage client services and products and content. So how do you do it? well i just manage it and how do i manage it well it's tough to explain but the thing is i have a fixed you know working hours like i i actually don't work on a st- more i don't work for more than 2 hours on a stretch i have like uh i and i work from home so i don't spend time traveling i have my family here so i actually sleep late at night and i wake up late at late in the morning because i have to adjust my uh, my work you know few work hours with the australian time zone as well as the us time zone because half of my clients are in australia and half of them in us so that's how it is uh, as far as the products go you know if you are building a big pro- big scope product i would always suggest that you get a partner who can you know complement your skills not supplement your skills for example simple pro themes that the custom genesis themes shop that i have it is basically in partnership with another person and we actually complement each other really well because things my partner loves to do i don't love it but i can do it and things he doesn't like to do i love to do it so what's one exa- what's one example of of that 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 he likes to do and, and you don't and, and vice versa <clears throat> i i'm more of a packaging branding and marketing person and my partner sucks at that but my partner is <laughs> but my but my partner is awesome at writing code he's chinmay kumar paul he's also from india but different part of india and i met him online i have never we have never met face to face in real life yet and he is an awesome person in writing code but he he just don't have any design sense because that's not what he inter- that's not his interest so i hope he's not listening to this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm surprised you guys haven't met in person yet india is such a small place uh, so i've heard <laughs> well it's not it's yeah. <laughs> it's very big place yeah um so would you say what's your estimate on maybe the time spent doing the client work and then the time spent doing all of your other stuff is it like a 50-50 split or 60-40 how does that all break down I think 60-40 and that 40% also includes you know working on my personal blogs and writing content and I do it not out of obligation or just because I have to do it I actually enjoy it. Even the client work I do, I really enjoy it. I actually don't consider it as work. So, it's seamless. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing it's an amazing mindset because so many people 
Uh, well, here, here's this question now that you say that. <laughs> How do you get into that mindset? Because so many people find themselves so overwhelmed when they start their, uh, their freelance you know, gig. Maybe they start doing it on the side and they have a day job, but then they transition out of their day job and now they're you know, doing WordPress stuff full time. And then they find themselves sort of almost hating the work because they feel so, uh, you know, burdened to the client and or the client feels a burden to them. And they just feel so overwhelmed with with work to do that they end up not enjoying it. So how did you find that that happy balance? You know, it was easy for me because I made a transition from being a blogger to a web development person. And while I was making that transition, I didn't have to worry about the money factor because I was making more than enough from blogging at that time when I was making the transition. So I could just spend my time in learning things because when you're, when you're new, you don't know how to do things yet. You want work to do. You, you are seeking work, which you haven't done before. So, you know, the, the one thing I would advise anyone to get into freelance gig, at least you should have a plan B because you know, money is important and because if there's no money, you even if you enjoy something, it won't last. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that's it's it is it is the life. Uh, it is the life of of the business, you know, to a degree. I I spend a lot of times mentoring in a uh, local accelerator group, and it's just amazing to see people come in to this accelerator and, and their business, they're not all tech businesses by any stretch of the imagination. Some people are, you know, some people are doing like, uh, you know, like pet stores and other people are doing, uh, bakeries. It totally varies, but it's amazing to see people come in and they, and they, even at the end of the accelerator, uh, talking to a few of them the other day, they're like so caught up on, well, what's my logo going to be? What's the branding going to be? What's the website going to be? <laughs> You know, and it's like you need you need to start selling today because without that, it doesn't matter. You could spend all this time picking out your theme and you haven't sold anything yet. Like you need to go out and sell the perfectionist bug. We all have it. We want to perfect it. But I guess just launch it and perfect it while it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to go, uh, I hate to circle back to the agency stuff, but one thing that uh, I just wrote down was uh, you say you're not uh, sort of a, a backend developer. Uh, you're much more of the marketing sort of uh, web developer, which I find as an interesting twist and in something that I feel like a lot of tools like a Beaver Builder, um, the Divi and Elementor, they're really taking away the need to really know the real down and dirty coding uh, but a marketer or somebody who knows how these pieces come together can put together very powerful websites. So is that something that you're doing as the day job? Like you're not actually writing lines of code, but you're much more of a uh, of a sort of bringing a marketing twist to things and, and sort of doing front-end development to a degree? Traditionally, I am a developer. I do development out of necessity to, you know, get the money flow going because that's my actual job. But I enjoy designing. I love to know how things work on the marketing end. I keep experimenting, you know, launching niche sites to just get feel of things. Because on, on in online world, you got to, you know, put forward the product, put forward the website to see how it will, you know, work. You just can't read a blog and say, okay, this will work this way. It won't. Because every, you know, every creation in the online world, you know, gives a different return. As far as the code part is concerned and the Beaver Builder, 
and page builders in general i think they are they are helping people and even clients i'll give you an example like when i was working on, on an agency project we normally do custom genesis theme which is like everything is almost hard coded and clients have hard time even you know editing few lines here and there so we, what we did we experimented we used genesis as a base but we build the pages we didn't build the home page in, in the beaver builder we build the home page like the normal genesis theme but we build the internal pages using beaver builder and guess what client was super happy and this was not just with one client we actually tried it with few clients and they were so happy and guess what those set of clients came back to us like almost 6 months uh, later that can you build the home page in the beaver builder because i have hard time <laughs> you know right so so yeah. now we actually I mean, built a whole of the site in the beaver builder yeah i mean it, you know i i look at there's um people who have been listening to to me for a while i mean they know sort of my stance i mean i i have a a plugin called conductor and it's mm-hmm. um, at at one point it was sort of confused as a page builder <laughs> partly my fault um but i'm i'm hoping to sort of uh, uh set the record straight with that as we get launch a new site and sort of fix all this stuff up but i'm really starting to see that even with our own themes um you know no longer are there at least this is my own theory is i don't call multi-purpose themes anymore right i don't think they exist anymore i think you either have a builder theme like a complete start from scratch like the the beaver builder pro theme where it's just a blank canvas and you and you can go and build it and then you have feature themes like themes that are um you know doing something specific and then oh by the way it works really well with beaver builder to build those internal pages or the home page like you mentioned um you know i don't think that the multi-purpose theme still exists like it used to a couple of years ago i think now we're finding ourselves with these themes that are you know much more focused in the content that it delivers um but you're going to use that design and then use beaver builder to change up maybe the layout so i don't know if that makes sense the way i explained it there but i have a whole video about it um, yeah exactly about you know theme ecosystem theme market changes every few years there was a time when i was blogging thesis i don't know if you remember thesis oh yeah <laughs> sure do that was one of my that, first, one of the sec- second themes i've ever bought was thesis that was called the seo guru the seo mastermind the seo king people would advertise it just install thesis theme and write useless content and your site will be number 1 in google that was like how it was marketed and then thesis went away genesis hog the limelight and it's still one of the best you know framework available in the wordpress ecosystem and now and during that period a lot of people you know who run their design studios agencies you know they do not develop themes they just buy them pre-made from theme forest and other marketplaces and you know slap them put the client logo and done the site is done now things have changed at least they are changing Uh, people don't buy i don't see them buying theme for us theme and people saying okay i bought this theme this is not working this is broken now people are more talking about okay i've got the new page builder installed it doesn't have this module can you make the module you know so that's that's the that's the talk yeah, these that, days I'm, yeah i mean and it's it's amazing it's an amazing shift um i want to take us down a path of talking about uh the communities around these 
page builder plugins. And, and I don't know if you've spent any time, you know, looking at, uh, you know, what goes on in sort of the Divi groups and the Elementor groups versus the uh, Beaver Builder groups, that kind of thing. But I've been spending a little time sort of evaluating all sort of three, uh, if not more. People are super, super passionate about these plugins. Um, you know, when, when I first started my new tutorial channel on YouTube, I did a like an unboxing of Divi. And it was like, the it was the very first time I had ever used it, which is you know, apparently a sin to do that <laughs> without learning how, you know, without reading the documentation fully. Uh, but I did it like a typical user would. They buy it, they install it, and they start playing with it. And I just recorded what happened and I had some troubles with it. And people came out of the woodwork like ready to, you know, attack me because I couldn't figure it out. Um, and But they're they're just loyal Divi users and I totally get it now that I've spent some time in the in the page builder space. Um, how do you see that from your perspective? I mean, this software is really empowering people. I'd say even more than WordPress empowers people. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you're absolutely right. There are Democrats and Republicans in, you know, Republicans in Page Builder <laughs> as well. And Divi, personally, I don't like Divi Page Builder, but Divi has, I think, the biggest community of users, and they will defend every you know talk of db being not a good page builder and you know these communities the, people are very loyal to these communities and i'll give you an example like i am more active in beaver builder community and i joined the elementor page builder facebook group and <laughs> i was welcomed with a sentence okay another deserter is here <laughs> so <laughs> I just replied, okay, I'm not deserting anyone. I'm just here to spy on Elementor people. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's it is amazing. Yeah, it's fun and games, you know. There are people who use both of them. There are people who are loyal to one platform. I think if you're building client sites, you should stick to one platform. But if you are if you are just you doing it for your own site and experimenting, obviously you can try all kinds of page builders. They are like every day a new one pops in. Yeah, you know I I posted a video today um, talking about this because within the Facebook group of uh, of Beaver Builder, I I saw somebody leave a comment or a post one day and and she had asked about sort of hiding all the. Uh, you know, the, the names of a theme, the names of a plugin, because she was afraid that people were one going to sort of look at it and say, oh, you didn't do it right. Or, oh boy, you used a page builder to build this page. Um, and sort of, you know, maybe in, at some degree, there's a little bit of embarrassment uh, mm. to that. Um, and there's like maybe this, this fear of, well, if somebody, if one of my local competitors sees me use this stuff, then they're going to start using it too. Um, well, you know, I, I think that's crazy, but I don't, I'd like your thoughts on that. Well, if you're embarrassed on using WordPress, go learn Joomla and burn your brain. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very, very well stated point. You know, as such, you know, we, it's developers or people who know what is Elementor, what is Beaver Builder, what is DV. We are only iffy and itchy about these things and user client doesn't even know what WordPress is. Forget about talking about page builders. This is the the biggest mistake a lot of us do when we start the direct client work. When a, a person comes to you, I need a new website and we start ranting our technical stuff. Okay, I'll use X theme. No, I'll use Beaver theme. No, I'll use Genesis. Okay, I'll use this page builder. Client doesn't understand any of that thing, you know. They just want a website. 
Right. Right. Uh, you know, and, and what's going to be, and I hate, I say this all the time too. I, I hate the word interesting, but the thing that's going to be interesting is, uh, WordPress, uh, implementing their own builder type experience, um, you know, as lightweight and as sort of, you know, the 30,000 foot view of a page builder, um, mm-hmm. but they're getting that sort of, you know, blocks content, uh, concept, uh, rolled in to core at some point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these two experiences live alongside of each other and how that affects the viewpoint of the end user who then, you know, might have a website built by somebody who uses page, uh, um, uh, Beaver Builder, but then also says, well, what about this sort of blocks thing that I'm, I can do with WordPress out of the box? Why am I not using that? It's going to be real interesting to see those experiences touch each other. Yep. Uh, they have to do it because, you know, a lot of people who are actually ready to pay money and spend money in WordPress ecosystem are migrating to uh, platforms like Wix, uh, Squarespace, and they offer that kind of experience even even for but for people like us who are like purist developers we think that wix is a very bad platform for seo the code looks bad it's very bad but for a person who just runs a small cafe and needs a small two-page or three-page website it doesn't matter right right yeah you're absolutely right it's 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 interesting to see uh, all of this stuff playing out, and, and you know, I would say, and I've I've been on record to say this before. I think, I think the uh, I think Matt Mullenweg is a little afraid of that uh, to a degree. There's some fear in there uh, from these larger platforms um, getting their marketing so much better, reaching more people, Super Bowl ads. Uh, and, if you're into the NFL in the US, yes. And the end result is these days when I watch YouTube videos earlier, I used to see Wix ad. Now I see WordPress.com ad which is similar right. to Wix. I <laughs> yeah. was surprised to yeah. see it for the first time. Like, why why the hell are they advertising here? Do they right. even earn right. money? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's definitely going to... Uh, I'm excited to see where that plays out. And I really hope that... Uh, and this is going down a rabbit hole. I probably don't want to go down, but I really hope that it's not sort of leaving the .org community uh, behind and and the forward thinking is much more about dot com because it's the money maker exactly um, i mean that's that's a whole other discussion but i'm interested now sort of again you know looking at all the stuff that you're doing you mentioned that you experimented before and, and uh, you experiment a lot on sort of maybe like these you know niche sites or micro sites that you kind of launched do you have any lessons from that um you know, that maybe you've launched something that you spent, you know, three months working on and it was just an absolute failure, like something you don't mind sharing that we can use as a lesson um, of something that maybe you've launched or is everything you, everything you launched sort of still up and running and and doing well for you? No, I had a lot of failures. (laughs) I think when I was, you know, starting with the design and development, I was also swayed with, you know, trying the affiliate marketing route. I had already done and dusted with the Google AdSense part. I made a lot of money out of it, but the the itching point using Google AdSense is that you are 100% dependent on Google. So they can change any rule, they can change the algorithm, and you you are like you are thrown from sky any day. So I was interested in trying affiliate marketing at that time, and I did read a lot of books online books e done few uh, you know e courses and majority of them would suggest you to find a profitable niche to start a website with 
and i did start a website it was you know <laughs> very interesting topic selling portable potty seats for small kids for <laughs> infants and and i did start the site i like wrote few core articles you know how which is the best potty seat which is the best portable traveler seat how to keep it clean and all that and to my surprise i did make few you know sales out of it it was like i used to link amazon products on that site and people would just buy the amazon products and i'll get the commission but it was more of a learning experience if you really want the foundation was absolutely correct but it was a failure because i just could not keep it up you know putting that uh, effort and content on a daily basis because i had my eyes set on the bigger picture of design and development so it yeah. was a good learning experience yeah i mean it's it's definitely i mean i started you know i'm just dipping my toes into finally using affiliate links with some of the trusted wordpress products that i um that i recommend and use you know like a beaver builder like gravity forms like ninja forms um that kind of thing glad you and made that it's glad you made that point because i ha- i have been running a wordpress based blog for a long time and i didn't make any affiliate sales however ever since i started probeaver.com i think i've made so much out of affiliate i could i i don't know i could never imagine how i i how i make that much money from affiliate sales i think the bottom line is if you do something with your heart in it you will find success and none of the affiliate marketing guru e-course tutorial video will tell you that point yeah um well that's good to hear because i was about to say that my affiliate sales suck <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm glad that you found uh success uh success with it but I should also say that look I mean I literally just uh you know got into this stuff and and I am still just sort of sprinkling my I do a lot more with um you know YouTube now and and my podcast um you know I you know I just I, like you I, I mean I'm doing a lot and blogging and writing while I enjoy it I don't feel like I'm the best at it and it just takes so much time. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would rather do videos and, you know, live shows and audio podcasts. Uh, I feel much more comfortable doing that and I feel much more comfortable getting it done uh, than say, you know, uh, an, a thousand word blog post every day, that kind of thing. Yeah, it uh, all depends on the person. For me, audio is not the comfortable zone. Yeah. Writing is, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, we, we chatted real quick, um, again, before the show, and you mentioned something about pricing and, and you priced a particular product, um, um, at, you know, what was, you know, arguably double, uh, if not three times, uh, the price of the standard market rate. Take us down that path. How do you, how did you sort of come up with, uh, pricing, uh, that product and any sort of, takeaways from that and and what you've learned uh, in the pricing world of things be confident in what you price your product because you you are the one who knows the value of your product till it's till it is sold and someone else tries it out so the example i was giving you was for simplepro-themes.com where we made two genesis theme genesis child themes Uh, at the time when we launched that theme shop 
the standard Genesis theme would cost around $50 but we launched our theme with two plans one was the personal plan for $79 and the other one was developer plan that was $199 and we just added the developer plan for the just for the sake of trying it so let's see how if the market responds positively to it and it did even we didn't even though we didn't clock like huge numbers but almost 50% of sales that we made on that site was for developer license and majority of people who were buying those developer license were people who run design studios and agencies so they end up paying $199 for one Genesis theme why yeah. because no, they I mean, can use it on multiple client projects right right you know and, and i think that you, you know you're 100 percent right i mean even in in the case of of my plugin conductor i recently i dropped the uh 49 plan which was yeah i um i forget what i called it. i think i called it the blogger plan and it came you know for one site and one add-on but it would only bring in the worst customers exactly um, you know the, the and they will ask you more plan, questions Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The developer plan that I had, they really uh, continue, continue to have, they, they, they did when it was like Scott and I, my, my lead developer on conductor, sometimes we would look at each other and be like, what is going on? Like nobody asks us any questions when they buy this for, for three ninety nine. I don't understand. It's almost scary. Um, and then the $49 person is asking you about, you know, every single thing and then asking you about like supporting their slider plugin on their website. It's like, come on, like we don't even do that. Um, it's amazing. The, the pricing stuff. Do you yeah. have any plans to, to launch more themes out of the simple pro shop? Well, we have one almost ready. 90% done but we are not sure if you're going to launch any new themes for Genesis platform we do have plans for making Beaver Builder themes but we are waiting for their new plugin that they are going to release that is called Themer Beaver Themer which is basically a mashup of ACF and CMB toolset Basically, you can build templates that can serve dynamic content using Beaver Builder. So we are keeping eye on it. So let's see how it pans out. I I am interested to learn from you as well. How long does it take? Like in this in this third theme that you're sort of you know pondering uh, whether or not you're going to launch it. Um, how long has that sort of development uh, taken for you? And and how do you come up with a new theme with your partner? Is it is it something that you just, you know, have a chat and you say, boy, this would be a great theme to pursue and let's go ahead and build it? Or do you take from experiences, you know, with your client work and you say, boy, that was cool that we did that over there. Let's 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 make it out of a theme on this side. 100% experience, you know. When you do a lot of sites on month-on-month basis, you know what's, what's in demand, what people are looking for. They want a big header in the top or they want the transparent header part or they want the slider part because the first theme that we launched we had even a slider built in within the theme and we did get few negative feedback that it's a genesis theme and you have made it look bloated by adding a slider into it but that is the best seller for us <laughs> i love that i love the fact that there are people that that say uh, the way it's, you know, the way it should be, right? Like, this is the way it's always been done. Like, you know, why, why would you do it any differently? 
Um, you know, and then you do it differently and you prove them wrong. It's, I mean, I love that. <laughs> I just, you know, there's no real statement. It's just a statement, right? There's no question in that. I mean, I just love, I mean, that's, that's what I do. Like I, I do things that, you know, that don't scale, uh, you know, that I, I, I try things over and over again that, you know, fail miserably. And I just, you know, use that as a lesson to talk about. Um, and I always question, you know, the status quo. So I'm glad that you do as well. Yep. Because you are making products not for your fellow developers. You're making products for end-user customer. So as such, they are Absolutely. not going to buy your product because they can build themselves. What are you most uh, excited for uh, in your business uh, for the rest of 2017? Is it continuing to make great content? Is it another sort of product in the works? What's, what's really getting you going for, for your business for the rest of this year? Well, my... Bucket list is very long, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I made this conscious decision. Like I do a lot of client work and agency work. I want to have a healthy mix of services and products. I've already I'm already there in the services part, but I want to get get a notch up in the products, digital products, as well as the income that comes from affiliate sales or direct sales. So that that is the part I'm working on. I have a plan for an e-course, and you know I've actually recently restarted writing on my uh, WordPress blog, basicwp.com, and I have a content plan ready for that. So let's see how things pan out because thing you write today it will give you result like six months down the line. That's how content works. Yeah, that is. Definitely a lesson um, that I've learned. Uh, you know, you you publish something, and you uh, you know, for like recently having this uh, experiment with PluginTut.com, and I and I was trying to blog every single day and and and, and do everything else that I'm <laughs> doing in my life, uh, and I only got 26 days out of uh, January. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I you know, 130% increase in traffic. Um, but I know that that was just for then it's, it's hopefully going to sort of be evergreen, you know, uh, four months, five months, six months, a year down the road. Um, and that's the lesson that I've learned is, you know, they're not, they're not all going to come right now. It's not going to be this massive explosive, uh, rush of traffic, but in the future it will be. Exactly. Devinder, this has been one of the best interviews I've ever done. I have to say that uh, in closing. Um, there's probably a million other questions I'd love to ask you, but we're hitting sort of the time limit here. Um, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Well, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash I, the vendor, the same ID on Facebook. They can catch me on probeaver.com simpleprothemes.com, iguiding.com, basicwp.com. Oh God, I have so many sites. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you are just like me and, and I just registered before this phone call, uh, craftedbymat.com and it's going to be all of the products and services <laughs> that I create because it's just like I have websites all over the place. I need one place to send somebody to say, here, just choose what you want me to do for you. Like, here it is. Just go get it. Uh, yeah, that's it an can, awesome. It can be tough. We are in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, you have an awesome uh, lineup of products and services. Uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you. Everybody else, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe. It's the number one way to stay connected. 
That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.